to the Gosnells Live at Five podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm the founder here at Gosnells. I'm Will, I'm the head brewer here at Gosnells. I'm James, and I make the mead. This is our informal podcast, which we're spinning out from our Instagram live sessions. We do these every Friday live at five, and we'll be talking about honey, fermentation, and of course, what we're here for, the mead. We'll also be joined from time to time by some very special guests to talk about booze more generally. If you haven't already, guys, hit that subscribe button to our podcast, whatever medium you're on. Uh, leave us a review. Follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Gosnells Mead. Perfect. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Welcome to our first Live at Five, uh, live at five in the new year. Cool. 2021. How does it feel? It, it's, uh, it's, it's nice to be back, Tom. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah, it's, like, nice to... it's, it's, it's a day, isn't it? It is a day. It is a day. We've got a new setup. Um, you know, hopefully you'll be enjoying it. I don't know. Looking quite, I wouldn't say professional. I'd say getting. Oh, yeah, like rough professional. Rough like professional. A, a, as professional as we get. Something from the uh, 90s or maybe the 80s. Yeah, like a good 80s pull. I'll be happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, guys, as always, if you've got any questions, then uh, fire them in the little box below. We'll aim to keep an eye on them and answer them as we go through. Yeah. Today we're talking about. All things non-alcoholic. I think I'm over, oh. over uh, comfortable here. I know, new chair, isn't it? I don't it's like weird. it. I like, I like the stools where I have to sort of sit myself up. So, what you, so before we get into the the main oh. section, we were talking about non-alcoholic fermentation and just generally non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah. Since January, uh, what have you been up to this week? Well, uh, so this week we've been working on the uh, small batch program. So we're releasing the uh, the coffee boucher. This is that uh, how next week? Boucher. Yeah, Boucher, 100% Boucher. Always um, Boucher. I, I even looked into the spelling and tried to see where other people are sort of going with the spelling because there's, what, three or four different... Uh, three or four different spellings going out there. So while, while we're here, let's crack open a one of our non-alcs. Yeah. Um, drink while we talk. Um, this will be one of the first sessions we haven't had a drink, Will. Yeah, and, like, you're, you're doing a bit more of a, a dry January than I am. Um as, not- as my job goes, Tom, I, I literally can't do a dry January. I'm just trying uh, not to drink during the week. Is my uh, is my aim. I did crack last night and have a gin tonic, but um, sorry, I thought you said I did crack last night. I'm not drinking, but crack's okay. <laughs> crack. Just crystal meth. Yes, all all, all meth. All Gets the time. me up in the morning. Um, so what have we got here, Will? Uh, so this is our our non-alc, which is uh, a low ABV crossover with a um, vinegar fermentation. Nice. So it's just uh, trying to go a little bit different to, let's say, the beer style of, of uh, low alk, which is a either a, uh, a malt used with uh, brute or really low ABV and then, and then uh, watered down or using a different type of uh, yeast, not necessarily Saccharomyces, that doesn't chew through all the different sugars. So you can produce more glucose and um, more of those uh, maltodextrin and all these sort of like unfermentable sugars, but it also won't ferment the rest. So you end up with a little bit of a... a, a a more fun product. Sure. So what was this? What are we getting on the nose? So on the nose for me, it's a bit funky. Yeah, definitely fun, funky I mean, lemon, yeah. little hint of vinegar, and I'm talking little. Yeah, it's mellow, doesn't it? So this is this was brewed what start of last year. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been in the can for a little while. It's really calmed down. It's kind oh of, man, it's it's gotten better in the can. So what's on the nose? It's lemon, maybe a little bit of like orange, like ripe orange. Like there's a yeah. weird, like not weird, but like there's a sweetness to it that, that doesn't quite come across in the palate. Uh, but no, I mean, it's delicious, isn't it? 
I really like that. Like, I know that we we've talked about this a couple of times um, on our podcast and 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 and, and, and on this. Yeah, we just, just love it. But it is one of the ones that we made that we had to hide because we were just. Go to it. Yeah, exactly. We're just smashing through it, weren't we? And, uh, yeah, it went really well, actually, you know, and, and we only did a small run of it. We sold out pretty quick. And now we're looking at, okay, we didn't really want to release this again. I guess is what today's going to go through as well. Is yeah, exactly. We didn't really want to release this again. We wanted to, to improve as we do each time. And that like, was a really good idea, but I think we could have executed just a little bit more uh, a little tighter is probably well just differently I think I think we've learned a lot of things by, by doing it and especially from the production side mm-hmm. in terms of managing a ferment which has lots of different elements is just really tricky and just really yeah mixed work. fermentation when you don't work with it constantly yeah. or you know e- even working with just different bacteria and yeast when you don't do it all the time they can surprise you and they sort of bring out uh, you know the, the, the holes in your knowledge that um yeah, you, know, you, no, no, you, exactly, you, you exactly. hide for a reason. Guys, if you've got any questions as we run through, then do drop us a line. Um, I am attempting, that's why I'm looking on my left-hand side, to keep an eye on things. So uh, professional now. We have a left-hand side out-of-frame shot I know. with things in it that we can actually refer to, it look at. Looks, you know, we just need a bit of a background now, Will. I think we'll be... We'll be well, I, I, reckon, I reckon we get a green... I mean, this, this is anyway, a conversation so, for next, yeah, week, conversation uh, next week. <laughs> so this week, as we, said, as we just said, we're looking to evolve the... Um, the non-alc, right? So, I think yeah. for me, what I always, what I'm looking for when I'm not drinking is something that still has enough complexity and bite that I don't smash through it like a soft drink, right? Because the worst thing is when you're out not drinking with people is you finish your drink before everyone else, and you just need the loo all the time. Yeah, like, and you're drinking usually with those sugar, tons of sugar, yeah, right? Yeah. And and with me, I'm kind of the opposite with my you know dry January to a sense, but I like a you know a, a reduced alcohol intake January. I know it's not as catchy, yeah. but um, well, I think that's where I've ended up as well. Just like a few better choices. Yeah, and like instead of going out and, and drinking pints and drinking like I'll, I'll I'll go for a table beer over a over a dipper. You know, in December that's the opposite way. You know, like I'm either you know like years previous where you're building up and you quite like that sort of sociable Christmas side and you're out and you go out and you see Good all your friends about and. Sociable. Hugely sociable, wow. Tom. I just really did. reined it in. Yeah, okay. uh, I just didn't want to make anybody else feel bad. No, that's fair enough. Uh, no, so anyway, there needs to be enough complexity. And so what I've been playing about with is, you know, there's a couple of ways of doing this, right? And there's a couple of ways of achieving complexity through fermentation without the alcohol. What are they then? Well, leave you, you're the brewer. Okay, so the way, uh, the three that we'll probably refer to in this is the uh, yeah. lacto-fermentation the uh, acetobacter or vinegar-based fermentation, which covers jun, kombucha, yeah. uh, anything that involves acetobacter as the process of removing the alcohol. Um, lacto being uh, lactobacillus-based fermentations. Um, and the third being uh, low-brewed uh, Saccharomyces strains. Sure. So I think, f- you know, if we just, just run through those for the, you know, for the, for the assume, assume I don't know what any of those are, though. <laughs> Start off so, assume it was yesterday. All right. Start off with the lacte. <laughs> um, so, lactobacillus is, is the bacteria um, that we use for making uh, yogurt and, and is used in um, lots of different sort of, especially in the dairy industry. Yeah. Uh, it's also used to make kettle sours or sour beers. Um, that's where you get lactic acid from. Can you, can you synthesize lactic acid? You'd be able to, I, wouldn't I'm you? Sure but you wouldn't. Be to, yeah. There'd be no reason to because no you could easily, easily make it. Um, I don't really know much about the. What happens, does it, how is lactose related to lactic acid? Is so it just lactic a, and lactose. Lactose is a sugar. Yeah, I know lactose is a sugar. But so lactic acid is, I guess, just must share a group. I guess. It's, anyway, yeah. What's the lact part of it? 
I my lactose no is probably not. Anyway. Yeah, cool. Let's move, cool. Let's move yeah, on. So, to lactose is sugar. Um, lacto, uh, lactobacillus lives in, uh, yeah, there, there's a, there's a, I, I don't know. That's, 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 an that's really it? annoyed me because uh, I, I probably do know the answer. I probably read the answer, but I can't think of it right now. Um, so then lactobacillus will, uh, create lactic acid. Um, so that's a, you know, that there's, there's a family of lactic produce, well, they call LAB, lacto, lactic. God, layer B bacteria, so lactic acid um, bacteria. Um, and then you've also got things like FLAB as well, which is a fructose-based lactic acid bacteria. So they do start sure. breaking up so in anyway, groups. So then, so the long story short is that it's a fermentation. Using but- the one strain of bacteria or multiple strains of lactobacilli, because there's, there's, there's also thousands of different strains yeah it's, so basically what you're doing is you're taking in sugar and you're kicking out lactic acid yeah and in it's a very small amount of sugar as well yeah so, so traditional look- fermentation you take in so saccharomyces which is a traditional alcohol yeast you take in sugar and you kick out co2 and, and alcohol with lacto fermentation you're just taking in sugar and kicking out lactic acid yeah right? and some and some other and some fermentation other byproducts which gives you that sort of fermented character when you have like a proper lacto fermented uh soft drink let's say there's a lot more depth and characteristic to it than a you know a, a lemonade with just lemon juice it's the same thing you'd get in um pickles as well like lacto yeah that's pickles, it yeah right? this is that kind of thing so um, then, yeah so the next so one is next one is uh let's say acetobacter <laughs> yeah right? acetobacter so um i'll let you is, take that one well yeah so a little bit more complex than the lacto um so what you're doing is using acetobacter so that is turning alcohol so ethanol into acetic acid or vinegar so that's why vinegar is made from nutrition like spoiled wine or spoiled beer or whatever uh, and interestingly well i mean if you like it if you like that kind of thing it's an aerobic reaction right mm-hmm. so you need air in there so that's why if you leave a glass of wine out it'll start to start to turn right? well listen it's also why you can have that bacteria live in your product keep it in an anaerobic environment so uh, uh, without the presence of oxygen and you won't have that process going and it takes some time so you can open up and enjoy it same as like a kombucha that's been naturally carbonated where you can create the the 0.5% alcohol that you get from the carbonation process and it won't go any further and won't convert that yeah um yeah, so as soon as you put a little bit of oxygen, it'll slowly start to convert that process. Exactly. So that, and that's what I've been playing with. I mean, there's, and then if you're looking at something like, oh, well, there we go. We're, we are back, guys. We also don't know where we finished. Uh, no, I don't know where we finished, to be honest. Um, anyway, we're talking about three different, uh, two different types of uh, non-alcoholic fermentation. We just finished talking about lacto fermentation. Where the main, mainly what I've been playing around with is. Uh, acetobacter or making vinegar right um, and that's for me is really exciting you get such a complexity of flavor from uh, when you take really good quality alcohol and then you let the acetobacter go through it um, that just is just really complex so let's start off Will if you want to pour this so we'll, go the- through, we'll go through the last one as well I suppose we've done the other two oh, yeah, so true. Yeah, the sorry. last one is just a really basic using a, a different form of saccharomyces um, or using uh, saccharomyces as a low um a low ABV. So the way the way to look at it is kind of like either making a one or two percent um, alcoholic product and then watering that down to you know 0.5 or even creating a five percent going back to a two or only creating a one or two percent solution. Um, the other thing is like we could, talked about with uh, beer is um, that using there's different strains of Saccharomyces that don't necessarily eat 
all the different types of sugar. Yeah. So it'll actually only chew through a very small amount of the sugars that you produce. And that way, when you're doing your mash steps as a brewer, you can choose a little bit more directional about which uh, uh, sugars that you want to produce. And then that way, you'll end up with a uh, you know quite a rounded product that you don't need to keep as much of an eye on. And you'll leave a little bit of residual sweetness, but you still get the malt character and everything else coming sure. through. So we did talk about the vinegar. Go. Let's go. So this is vinegar. How long has this been in the in in process? Well, so basically, what we did was we took uh, some of our mead that was from a keg, I think. So it? we took the citrusy. That is, we wanted to see yeah. what happened if we did uh, created like a a mead vinegar, like a like a cider. You know, you would you would get a cider vinegar, um, and create it from mead. And then we were also we've done that before. It's not the first time that we've made. Made vinegar on purpose as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, always on purpose. Always on purpose. Always um, not in the main brewery. Yeah, always away from it. Always under the desk in the office, which is magnifique. Um, it's, so, my, it's my desk, though. It's very <laughs> clean. Well, <laughs> it smells sometimes. Um, so, so this we want to do this yeah. with citrusy to have a little bit more complexity and see what happens when we put a little bit of salt in vinegar as and well. And this mother came from Gimlet. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, this is Gimlet. So you brought it mother. over and then we're like, he's like, oh, do you want to, I've got a spare mother. loads of ciders, loads of vinegars. So he us a vinegar. us a mother, gave us a mother. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so this is what we made for it. So on the note, this is, I mean, we're tasting vinegar, so it's going to, it's going to smell of vinegar. Trying to get something else on there. There's a, there's a hint of savoury note in there, I would say. Yeah, there's a little bit in the background. There's a good amount of funk. Like, it's a little yeah. bit bressy almost. Like, a little bit horse blanket and, and wet grass. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it is funk. Oh, and there's a good level I of savoury. I don't know. Some people... I do um, want to just readjust my palate there because yeah, that is quite that, shocking. That is quite a lot of acid in that. Um, but that's, <clears> we'll come on to how we're using this in drinks because it, it's a really good base. So um, the body's got a little bit more sweetness than than, than you'd expect. You think it'd be like almost like you know white vinegar, you know, like just really yeah. just biting. It's it's almost got like an orangey sort of orange peel sort of feel to it as well, where it's got a nice sort of round sweetness in there in the mm. body, which is kind of cool. Which I don't know, like, I don't know how much people taste vinegars, but, like, you can actually go and taste uh, vinegars. Yeah, like, can, yeah. And like, you taste olive oil and that. Yeah. And there, there is such a varying um, flavor profile that comes from vinegar, and that there, to me, is super fruity, and but it's just got a real punch behind it. Yeah, it does. It's really good. And so what I've been doing with this, well, is I've been messing about with this kind of stuff. So I've got two things for you to try today. Uh, first is what they call a shrub, and the second is a switchel. Good names, both of them. Brilliant. Uh, the shrub. So I've got a bit of history for you. Just drop some knowledge bombs here. I love when you talk history, Tom. Um, so As a history major myself, it's it's always beautiful to uh, to see someone try. <laughs> um, so shrubs. So f- and first, basically, they refer to like fruit and alcohol in mm-hmm. one instance, or fruit and vinegar in the other. Fruit and alcohol is quite interesting because traditionally, well, traditionally, when they used to try and smuggle booze into the UK, down in Cornwall and that kind of stuff, they used to sink the barrels. Um, and the seawater would get into them, and so they'd have to cover up the, the seawater taste of the barrels okay, yeah, with yeah. Uh, fruit and spices and other kind of stuff. So you get these kind of fruit liqueurs. But what this is actually in relation of is the second thing to do with the shrub, which is the preservation of fruit in vinegar. So traditionally, you can preserve fruit with citrus fruits. Sorry, as in, I think, soft fruits. With citrus mm-hmm. fruits, this is done with vinegar. And so this... Is made. This is going to be the next one we're going to try, and we'll try a little bit, and then I'll mix it with some soda water. Um, 
which I will get out of the fridge in a second. Mm-hmm. And um, basically what I've done, and I'll put up a, I've got, I did some recording of this, so I'll put it up on Monday, um, about how we made this. And basically it's berry fruit, soft fruits, soaked in sugar to really like, macerate is not the right word because I didn't mix it all up, but pull out all the juice. And then I put aside the solid fruits, use that for me porridge. And then you got left with this kind of fruity syrup. And then I mix that one-to-one with vinegar. And what you get is this, uh, Quite frankly, it's, it turned out better than I could ever have expected. All right, let's have a go at this. Um, so, not only is it a beautiful ruby red, yeah, um, <laughs> it feels thick. It is. It's, and that's the sugar. There's no way of getting around this. Yeah, the sh- we balanced, I balanced out the vinegar with the sugar. I can spin it around the glass, and it takes at least five seconds for it to run down. Yeah, the legs on that. Oh my god! So on the nose, it just smells like strawberries. Um, it smells like strawberry jam, like yeah. st- straight up. And I don't know why I said jam, but it smells like strawberry jam, a little bit like raspberry jam in yeah, there as well. Yeah, for me, I mean, it, it smells like a tin of strawberries and syrup, which yeah, is yeah. <laughs> what it is. <laughs> but then... It smells so nice. But then on the palate, that vinegar just brings it all to life. Oh, wow. It's kind of like, um, you know... Uh, Somebody, I can't think of like it's so much more sour than that. But when you pour something out of out of a can, let's say, and you think it's going to be like water, but it turns out to be like syrup or something like that, yeah. and you're just not expecting it to be quite as well. so. Worth saying, I've been Whoa. drinking I've been drinking vinegar all week, so that's why I'm a little bit more used <laughs> oh, to this. That uh, tastes incredible. Like I want more, but I'm also just a little bit scared of it. Yeah, it's good, uh, isn't it? It's super fruity. It's not jammy at all. It's more like, uh, like really sour cranberry syrup or pomegranate molasses. More like it, probably like like a really sour pomegranate molasses. Oh, it's just, it's just. I, oh, I, yeah, I could drink, drink that. I could drink loads yeah. of that. Can I pass me a little bit of that? And we'll. Oh, it's gone. We we already drank it. Some we already drank it. That's so good. Just, uh... I uh, we haven't had this for ages. So the, we're talking about the low elk. Um, I just want to as soon as we get out. I just want to. Just want to smash just it. Just want to go. It just got uh, better with age. Just pass me the soda water out, and I'll, I'll uh, see what I can do, Tom. You going to tell us any more anecdotes about? Uh... Uh, yes. Yeah, so we'll move on to the second one, which is it's a similar theme, right? So it's vinegar, it's honey, and it's ginger in this case. So um, this one's called a switchel. Comes from the US, sort of a New England traditional way. Uh, sorry, traditional summer drink there. Say traditional back like seventeen hundred. Why is switchel sounding familiar? Um, probably because I've been banging on. It about sounds it like satchel, I think. Exactly, it does sound like satchel. <laughs> um, so this one is. When I gave this to James earlier, I prefer the um, the shrub, the berry shrub. He was definitely of the the ginger switchel. I think James likes ginger. Yeah, as yeah, a, I, as, as a uh, I mean, for me, this is quite a lot of ginger. Um, it looks like a lot of. Is that how much you macerated just in that little jar? Yeah, yeah. That that that's a lot of ginger. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, we're not messing around here. No, right? that's uh, it. It's, but you can always dial it back. It's uh, well, actually, obviously, you, you can always, always dial it. Up. <laughs> yeah, I did say to Anna, I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna need some more ginger." <laughs> how much ginger did you use? Oh, yeah, all of it. Yeah, all of it. All, all that we had. If you had more, I would have used <laughs> yeah, that. So there's no there's no right amount of ginger. There's just getting more ginger. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, I've been smashing through ginger recently in cooking. Yeah. 
I like it as a base. Like that, it blew my mind with the when you do like garlic, ginger, and and chili as a base. Yeah, and yeah, you, you know, because I'm quite used to the garlic and or, or onion and and um, carrot and celery for my base for everything. But just to change it up, yeah, yeah, it's quite nice. Um, so this on the nose, um, it's a little bit more savoury. You, you don't really get the vinegar on the nose. It's so much ginger. There's a little bit like more because I know the funkiness of that yeah. that vinegar that I'm pulling the funk. But as it goes, maybe I've just gone nose blind after the <laughs> after whatever. Oh, my stomach hurts too. Um, but not because of my drink. No, no, I just laughed and turned. It's uh, so what happens when you've been sitting sitting down for three weeks. Tom. Oh, that's lovely. And you can I can get the honey in that. Get the vinegar. Less of the ginger on the flavour. I think it's probably only so much ginger you can taste. The vinegar's definitely there. Oh, it just like I love the idea that it just bangs in your mouth and suddenly your mouth just goes, I don't want this, and just shoots all the saliva just to push it away from everything. Oh, for me, yeah, you're right. right. The ginger's not much on the palate. It's not much on the palate. It's really strong in the nose. It is really strong in the nose, yeah. Um, so I'm going to make some, I say cocktails. I'm just going to mix them with soda water, right? So I think these are, these are particularly the... Um, Oh, the shrub is a really good replacement for, say, some citrus fruit. So you, mm-hmm. when you're building cocktails with, with these, you want to be conscious that you don't want to layer on too much citrus flavor over top because it's just acid on acid. So you, yeah. know, you have to use it like an acid. You know, use it like an acid and a sugar already pre-made. So I'm just going to... I wonder what it would be like to do a flip with it, Tom. Uh, um, or like even like a egg. sour, yeah. Like a non-alcoholic flip? Yeah. Well, I know what I'm doing when I get in. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking, it's, uh, I think that worked out well. One of my favorite cocktails from, from Christmas, Tom, was, uh, it, it sounds rough, and it, it was rough, but amaretto with mandarins. Oh, you said, yeah. And balsamic vinegar. And that was, that was absolutely incredible. Because I didn't have any lemons, obviously, and I wanted to make an amaretto sour, because amaretto sours are fantastic. Um, but yeah, so I decided to go. Like, okay, what citrus yeah, fruit do we have in the house? In there. What citrus fruit do we have in the house? And all I have is mandarins because it's you know yeah, that's December. That's the only thing you can get. Right, we're back, guys. We're having some technical issues here. I think it's because Mark Zuckerberg's scared of how many people are logging onto our Instagram live. <laughs> I anyway, would be too. I would be too. Um, um, so well, where are we? So I've just put two shots of the shrub mix into a glass with some ice. Uh, I'm just going to top it up with soda water. Um, and Robert's your father's brother. Um, yeah, guys. So if you've got the, uh, you want to know what we've missed. Oh, or... look at that color with the soda water. Uh, this is why we've got the mat, Tom. This is why we've got the mat. So I also gave you a uh, a cloth. <laughs> it's always like you can predict what's going to happen. I can kind of see this uh, this this coming out, Tom. Exactly. Which which one of these oh. would you like, Will? Uh, that one there looks. Uh, yeah, I think I'll add this one, Tom. Okay. Well, then I will knock up the next one, um, which is going to be a similar kind of recipe. Um, what else do you like drinking when you're trying to not drink? Well, so like I was saying before, I'm not really quite the uh, low elk sort of person um i don't sort of you know want to say to myself oh, i don't want to spend a whole month not drinking that's just not not feasible uh so i quite like the 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 low alternative so talking about like amaretto not that amaretto is kind of my thing but 
You know, something like uh, Campari soda, Tom, which I know you're a big fan of. Which we've got on the table, which is on the, on the right side. I love a Campari soda. Uh, I, li- I like uh, um, like a sherry instead of a whiskey. Yeah. You know? Sherry and tonic is one of mine, actually. Really? It's so really growing nice. up, I-, I think I've told you so, but growing up, it was quite cheap to get cream sherry. Yeah, um, you told me this, yeah. And uh, cream sherry and lemonade. Um, spend about five bucks and uh, get pretty... Pretty pretty good on pretty that. Pretty stonkered. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think it is a, for for me certainly, especially if you work in booze. It is about um, it opens up Le- a lot. Lemons, lemons, quite nice in there too. Yeah, it definitely opens up a little bit. Um, the what was I going to say? The oh, working, yeah, so what, much more manageable. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, exactly. It's like drinking neat spirits. It's like you know, some of them are designed to go in cocktails. Uh, or sorry, it'll be yeah, it's like drinking neat white rum, right? Yeah. Um, and they're nice colours, you know. Yeah, some, yeah, because you've got the different uh, density of solutions too, Tom. You've got a nice little effect happening there. No, but I'm, I'm just going to ruin that. Ruin that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I quite enjoy that. That's really nice. That's That's gone away. Like, the severity of that has, has really gone down. Um yeah, so guys, really sorry about the technical issues this week. We yeah, are going to have to beat our engineer until he until he right. exists. Until he exists, <laughs> yeah. Until he exists. Um, um, I mean, I mean me. That's, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, if you do have any questions or thoughts, um, then let us know. We will be back next week uh, with a consistent, a uh, consistent, consistent uh, podcast slash. But uh, um, what else do we have to cover today? What else do we want to talk about, Tom? There's a few. We're going to take the the non-alc. So I think there's some inspiration here to be drawn. Um, yeah, and I think I, I'm, you know my idea of just putting the shrub in a can and just <laughs> yeah, yeah, and carbonating it, carbonating it, uh, at, at that syrupiness. Yeah. Um, no, so yeah, moving on with the with the non-alc. I think the way we're looking at doing it is doing three or four different types of ferments that. Uh, sort of coincide with each other um, and they sort of, you know, then we blend it across to how we want. So my idea of compla- creating that complexity is not necessarily, you know, a low ABV or anything like that. It's actually a mixture of these different types of fermentation processes. The only one that we didn't touch on, which is another non-alk ideal, uh, idea, is that people that uh, have the ability to, let's say, with a rotovap or that have the ability to start just boiling remove, the mash and, and remove, remove the alcohol, the alcohol yeah. and leave what's left and you know sort of leave the residual and remove the alcohol. But um, yeah, I think if we do it in in you know three different flavor profiles um, and then blend those together, you get a nice complexity um, that makes it feel like you're drinking. Yeah, I think you just want to introduce enough interest in there that it's not just basic sugar and acid yeah and, and when we go out like as, as people who, who ferment for a living like as we go out there's there's not really anything there that makes you want to go oh i want to try the next one or um or what else do they do in that sort of varietal you know what i mean yeah. like there's not you know it, i don't know about everybody at home but when i go out to drink i'm not necessarily going oh i feel like lager and i drink lager for the whole evening no, I, I quite like to, yeah, to jump around and go up and down. It's like, oh, I feel like a bit of a sour now, or I feel like a you know an imperial stout, and I'll have a little short of that. And I quite my my night is quite varied in in you know like I do with music, where, you know, depending on what I just mood I'm in. All Kanye all the time. That's so that's where we differ, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, but as my mood changes, my, my wants and needs change as well. So over the night as I'm sort of building up or calming down, you know, like I like to have a drink that represents that. So when you go out and you're non-alc drinking, even at a cocktail bar, you're looking at two, three, four different types yeah, of, of course, yeah. you know, sort of things. Or when you go do non-alc beers, like you have a bit more of a spectrum, you know, you have a bit more mainly oh. based on each brewery has their own take on a non-alc, but a lot of those are very much similar styles. Yeah, I mean, I have been, and I think... I've been drinking a lot more non-alc beers than, than you have, um, I imagine, because uh, mm. I just keep them around. And I feel like those lighter styles at the moment work much better. So mm-hmm. I had a couple of stouts, which were, were, didn't really work. Right? Because I, I, I quite like the uh, small beer guys' take on that as well. Yeah, which not was, necessarily having to be low alc. Exactly. But there's, there was there's enough a in there point. to get good quality beer out. And that's what you're going for is like, okay, what's the ABV level before it turns into something I don't want it to be? Yeah. And that's talking about like dark beers. That's the only low elk dark beer that I had that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, well, I, I, it's I much easier when you're playing around that two and a half, two, two, two and a half percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guys, we will see you next week because there's some ominous beeping. Uh, we will sort the technical setup and we'll be right back, back on again at five next week. Uh, we, we should be joined by a very special guest that we'll confirm in the week. Uh, thanks a lot guys yeah Take thanks care. for coming by and uh, see you all next week see you all next week take care thanks for listening guys hopefully you enjoyed that so hit the subscribe and like button and follow us on all our social media and we'll see you again next week if you've got any questions or thoughts or just want to chat about mead and honey then drop us an email to podcast at gosnels.co.uk or better still jump on our Instagram live fives Ask us uh, any questions that you have and watch us scramble to try to find the answer and uh, look like we know what we're talking about. Or if you want to see what I look like, you can head on to the website at www.gosmos.co.uk.